morning at One Seat Church. It's good to see all your familiar faces and some new faces. And just a couple notes. Um, we actually do have means for baptism. Anybody that wants to get baptized, we have a couple outlets. One is my garage in a portable baptism, and the water will be warm, so come on with it. We're for real. And when the weather gets warm, guess what? The school's going to let us baptize out in the parking lot, and we're going to be doing baptisms. Anybody wants to get baptized when it's warm, we're going to do it after church in the parking lot. So, Jesus did it in the river, the Sea of Galilee. I think we can, we'll be all right in the parking lot. So that's exciting. We've got a lot of new things coming. Today was uh, a test, and we failed, but no failure is really a complete failure because you learn. We were going to broadcast live for the first time today, and I spent most of the morning working out some technical hurdles, geeking out, and at the very end, when it was about, about working, we were going to be streaming to YouTube, Facebook, the website, the mobile app, uh, all simultaneously in real time. I'd be talking to that camera and anybody that didn't want to come, which you got to come to hit the full experience. But if you just couldn't make it, you can watch it, the sermon part in real time. And at the very end, I blew away the settings file that had all our server information to send out all the streams. So I'll go home and fix that up. And maybe next week we'll be streaming. But God is good. We're, paying, we're taking steps. God is good. Things are happening. Seeds are being planted. This weather, though, I'm a little tired of this weather. Anybody else? Let's keep it around for a while. Let's, this is like all year. We like to keep this weather all year round, right? This would be good. Little little ice one day, little sweating the next day because you're you're in pants and you need shorts. A little rain the next day. Maybe a tornado every week. That'd be cool, right? So it makes me think of the Caribbean. Why I don't want to be here. I, I want to be here, but why I don't miss the weather patterns? And it reminds me of times we went to the Caribbean and maybe missed the waters. Uh, you know, the, the crystal clear blue. If you've never been, uh, I highly recommend it. Some, some way, somehow. If you got to swim, swim. But if you can get to the Caribbean, the water is like pool-like water. There is, there's, you know, there's reefs around some of the islands, and so there's no fish. There's no leaves. There really is no fish. When we went scuba diving or uh, snorkeling, there's never any fish. They're, they're on vacation when we go to see the fish. We find some really cool rocks, though. It's great. Three snorkeling trips and never any fish. But it makes me think of the water and how the nice white sand beaches. And one time we went to St. John. Does anybody know where St. John is? We're not talking about Rome or Italy or anything related to Christianity. We're talking about the island of St. John. If you know where St. John is, you probably know that it's part of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And the Virgin Islands as a whole is a little southeast of Puerto Rico. And part of it is owned by Britain. And part of it is owned by the U.S. So we're going to go to St. John, my wife and I, a few years back. And we get to St. Thomas. That's the one that has the airport. That's the big island. And when you get to St. Thomas, if you want to go anywhere else, you got to take a vessel, a boat. you got to be willing to get on the water. And I like the ocean, but I like it from the beach most of the times. I, I snorkeled. I've done all the stuff, but I can't say I enjoyed it. I swam with dolphins. It was about the most awful thing I ever did. There's little kids kissing dolphins, and I'm thinking this thing can crush me in two seconds. Why am I in this water? But I did it. So, to get to St. John, you get to St. Thomas, and you got to take just like an hour boat ride by ferry. And, you know, you think of a ferry like a big old nice 
cruiser, yacht, holding a few hundred people. We see the first one go out, and there's, there's just a, a load of people. And my wife says, no, we paid for the private ferry through the hotel. I said, oh, nice, it's going to be great. Much more intimate, I'm sure. And, and, then, and then the little steam engine that could pull up, it was like the big ferry's little brother that was sitting in the shop for the last 10 years and only called on in case it was a state of emergency. I guess it was when we arrived, because that's the boat we got. It was getting dark. Oh, so it was raining also. And, and the, you know, it was a little windy. And we had to take this hour boat ride, but we're in the Caribbean. I mean, who cares, right? So we get on the boat, and the boat is um, really small. It, it doesn't look like it can manage, but it did. I, I survived, obviously. The boat was probably, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that. When the real boat was like the size of this room. No joke. So we get on the boat, and there's two floors to it. And the top floor is like an open deck. It's, it's, it's like those pontoons that have the second tier with the slides hanging off the top. That kind of deck. Not like a big yacht cruiser deck. Like a little metal rail. And you're about 10 feet in the air. And so I'm like, we should at least get on top if we're going to ride in this rinky boat because we don't want to fall the water. So we're taking our, our ferry ride over to St. John. And it didn't dawn on me that when you're higher up and the waves are going like this, you're going further than the people on the bottom. And it, I'm not a good, I get nauseous anyway. I don't like riding the passenger seat of the car. And so I was getting boat sick like I do car sick. And we're rocking and, 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 and it's starting to get dark. And if you look this way, there's nothing, just water. If you look that way, I think there's an island that way. I think that's where we're going, but it's getting so dark, I don't really know. And so, you know, I, 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 tend, to, I tend to a little paranoid sometimes. I get it from my mom's side, just being real. And I start thinking, I don't want to go that way. What if we get like, this is what I'm thinking, what if we get lost at sea? And I never see my kids again over this, this dumb trip to the Caribbean. Why did I do this? And we're, we're, there's birds flying past our head. I'm afraid they're going to you know, poop on our head or something. They're right there. And then the, 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 the water's pelting me in the head, and it's getting dark, and all you see is black on the water. So I start thinking, okay, I got Jesus. Lord, please, God, please let this not be. Let this not be the way. Let this not be the end, God. But all I see is water, and I know we're headed to an island, but it don't look to be anytime soon. And I was getting a little psyching myself out. Well, thank God, because it was storming and the water was doing this, and it was creepy. But I toughed it out, and we got to the island, and they welcome to the West End, and they give us a little non-alcoholic fruity drink, and a wet towel to calm the cool our heads for our troubles. So that was nice. That was the best part of the trip. But for a minute there, I thought I was going to be lost at sea. You see, often the winds of life get stirred up. We're pushed to a different place than where we started or envisioned. And when that happens, our ability to stay focused, even when we drift off course, is the key to survival. Our ability to stay focused when that happens is the key. Because the toughest gusts will try to blow us off the grid to, to, to the part where there was no island. That's, that's what the wind was trying to do. It was trying to blow me to where there was nothing. My coordinates said go this way, but I felt like we were going that way. Without our anchor in Christ, storms can take us to another hemisphere and leave us drifting, never finding our way home spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. 
My question for you this morning is if you were to set sail right now and you encountered a sudden shift in the wind, how will you handle the enemy's attempt to change your life's destination coordinates? That's fancy talk. If you're planning to go this way, the devil pushes you off the map. What will you do? Will you freak out like me on the way to St. John? Or will you be cool and remain focused because Christ is my vessel? He's my vessel when I got to the island, but when I was going to the island, that's the real question. Was he my vessel right then? I don't know. I started to panic and wonder what I'd lost at sea. My passage today is a story you might have heard. It's the end of Acts chapter 27, verse 39, through the beginning of Acts 28, verse 6, where the Apostle Paul is being taken captive because he was accused of a crime he didn't commit, and he's wanting to plead before Caesar his case. And so the Romans have him on a boat with a bunch of other prisoners. They're headed to Rome off the coast of Ephesus so he can plead his case before Caesar. And in the process, Paul senses that maybe the route that they're headed is not the best path to get there because there's a storm coming. The waves were kind of like what they were in St. John, maybe worse though. He says, I don't, I don't, I don't think we should go this way, guys. You're just a prisoner, Paul. We don't need to listen to you. We're going to go this way because it's faster. And we're all about getting where we need to go as fast as possible. It doesn't matter if it's what's best for us. We're going to go what's easiest, what's fastest. We're going this way. Well, in the process, Paul knew this was going to be a disastrous situation. And that it should kill them. But he had a vision from the Lord that no one would die, including all the prisoners. So what we start in this passage is when they finally have seen an island. And they go, okay, we're going to have to crash this ship. And we're going to be shipwrecked. And we know we're going to have to swim. But there's where we're going to do it. Verse 39 says, When it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship, if possible. And they let go of the anchors and let them in the sea, meanwhile losing the rudder ropes and they hoisted the main sail to the wind and made for shore, going for them. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the prow struck fast and remained immovable, but the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. Man, they're tough. They're going to die anyway. Let them go. They wanted to kill them. But the centurion... Wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and go for it. Swim up, guys. And the rest of them, the soldiers, some on boogie boards, no, boards, it says, and some on parts of the ship, debris from the crash. And so it was, they all escaped safely to land, beginning of chapter 28. They've hit the shore. And now, when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. If you got a person on the left of you, touch them and say, Malta. And if you don't, point to whoever's left of you and say, Malta. Malta, Malta, Malta. The Brady Beach. The Brady... What's wrong with me? And the natives showed us unusual kindness. So, so the tribal people, the 
the natives were there, and they saw these people, and they're like, okay. But they showed them kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome, because the rain that was falling, and because it was cold, it was chilly, they made them s'mores. They said, come on, guys, have a s'more, we get you a blankie for your troubles. Here's your wet rag and your fruity drink. It's been a rough ride. We get it. Except they didn't speak the same language. I don't know what they spoke. I don't think they did. That's what they say. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, man, Paul's having a bad day, and laid them on the fire, a viper snake came out because of the heat and fastened right on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature snake hanging from his hand, they said to one another, uh, no doubt this man is a murderer whom they thought he, he escaped the sea. Just because he escaped the sea, uh, he will not escape justice. Justice does not allow him to live, it says. But Paul said, flown that thing. He shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they, everybody say, they, the Maltians, whatever, I think that's proper, the Malta, Malta people, however, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after he had, they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their mind and said, well, he's not dead, so he must be a god. They changed their perspective of him. He wasn't a god, but he had a god. And that's the difference, and they, they didn't know that. See, the winds of life can't lose me when Christ is my vessel. I think I'm going lost at sea, but the winds of life can't lose me when Christ is my vessel. I should have drowned in the shipwreck. I didn't. I should have died from the snake bite. I still didn't. Christ is my vessel. And let's face it, we all get lost at sea in different points of our life. We feel like there's no island in the future. We've hit the lowest of lows. And we're not really sure where we're heading. Unexpected situations can destroy us mentally. We get to where we can't perform daily duties because the trauma of the situation has destroyed us so bad mentally that now we're physically not able to perform normal duties like being a parent, being a good person, holding a job. We start to unravel. We're lost at sea. We're not headed in the direction. We're, we're, we're just floating. We're not really headed down a path. We're hurt. But the wounds hurt us so bad, now we're giving up. We don't even want to swim. I always think of the end of Titanic, you know, where they're just kind of floating in the water. It's awful, but that's, that's the reality is there's nowhere to swim. Why bother? It can get that bad for some of us. And there's no time to diagnose the problem because we're just still treading water, trying to not drown. Forget about getting somewhere. We're just trying to Stay afloat. And the wind keeps blowing us farther and farther. And next thing you know, shark, sharks are dealing with whales, debris, drugs, impulse decisions. I quit speaking to my family. I divorced my family. 
I abandoned my children. I hit the bottom. What's the point? I'm lost at sea. Anybody ever watched The Biggest Loser? I don't even know if it's still on, but it's really not as negative as the title sounds. It's actually positive. So the people on The Biggest Loser, they, they go in looking for weight loss. But at the center of every season is that the, the coaches help them lose weight. And in the process, they really figure out what caused them to gain the weight. And I'll never forget this one season. This woman came on. Sweetest lady. I don't remember her name. But I think she had blonde hair. And I think she was on the green team. At least briefly. But they're going around the circle in the beginning. They're saying, you know, what are you in for? Why do you think you overeat? And this was the most awful thing I had ever heard on the show. And I'm going to share it with you now. Aren't you excited about this? She says, well, last year, I lost my, hu my husband and my three children all in a car wreck at the same time. Instantly, the rest of the crew is going, whoa, that's deep. How do you respond to that? Her life was taken from her in a moment. Everything. Brand new baby. Couple young children on top of that. And her husband, and they hadn't been married that long. All gone at the same time. That's lost to see. I don't know. I want to pick, I don't know if I could recover. That's being lost, and that's going, do I want to swim? What's the point? Where is God? Where is God when I was trying to swim? Now that lady was strong because she ended up, I think she won the show, and she ended up being an established speaker now, going around telling her testimony. Obviously God is using her because that is, that's really being lost to see. But some of our situations aren't that bad, but some of them are maybe worse. Our boat is sunk. We're just floating alongside the pieces of our life's debris. Well, there's some memories there. There's the person that used to care about me. There's pictures of them floating over there. I don't know how to bring it all back together. I just want to find a shore, but I don't even know if I really want to anymore. If God cared, he'd help me right now to find a shoreline. But I'm circling and I'm really traveling slowly. And we know that when we mentally decline, we physically decline. It's a common thing when you lose a loved one, especially elderly folks, that they, they lose hope and kind of the will to live. When they mentally give up, the body falls. We become impatient. We see a couple people swim by. When we're lost at sea and our life's a wreck, we don't like them. We don't love them. We're so consumed. We become consumed by them being lost, and we lose our will. I don't know if anybody remember 9-11. Some of you are too young, but I was sitting in a tire shop at Walmart when the second plane crashed into the World Trade Center. I was 21, living in Nashville, and this plane is right to the building, and you're like, that don't look right. Everybody's kind of like, it's like a shock. And they're thinking, well, we think it might be a terrorist attack. And we're going, duh. Two planes in a row? I mean, I'm not, I wasn't even that smart. I'm still not very smart. I'm going, that's not right. Well, after that happened, 
I remember for weeks, the entire gloom over the country was so heavy, no one felt like anything mattered. I remember there was actresses and actors breaking down on TV, crying because they go, what, what am I contributing? What is my life really about? They started reevaluating and going, what am I producing? I, I, I believe the military increased because people wanted to really change and contribute because everybody was so hurt and just floating, lost. Nobody knew how to take the next step. It was like a, it was like a morning session for the whole country. But see, the real test of faith is can you praise him while you're floating in the water? When you see the debris and you don't see the island, it was dark out and the water was hitting me and I didn't know about the fruity drink and I'm looking that way and can I praise him anyway? Some can, some don't. But if you can praise him in the storm, in the rough waters, that's how you're going to find a shoreline. It's when you give up praising him and say, Christ, you've left me. God, you've forsaken me. But he said he never would. But you decide to say, he left me. And I know it. I'm giving up. I'm turning to the world. I'm turning to the devil. I'm turning to sex. I'm turning to drugs. I'm turning to whatever I can. I'm turning to pain pills. I'm turning to whatever I can to numb the problem because Christ left me. I'm smarter than God. I'm overriding the word. And I just don't believe it. Habits. Church. I went to church. Didn't fix my problems. Your problem may be the way he's fixing your problems. Your problem on The Biggest Loser was how they were addressing the problem. I don't like working out. That, that's hard. It is hard. But God has to put you in a storm sometime to continue on. Paul had a, a destination he was headed and God wasn't done with him and so he wasn't going to let him die and that was the difference is Paul knew that. Paul knew my God will not let me die. I have no fear. Snake me. I don't care. Throw ten snakes on me. I don't care. I've got God. Christ is my best. But through faith eventually we'll find Malta I'm gonna swim ashore. You know, you get, you get, you get like, uh, you get insane. You, you, you get nutty floating out there at sea. When you don't see the shore, you start playing mind games. But when you see the shore, you go, "There's, there's another chance. There's, a, there, there's still a chance. There's, somebody still cares about me. There's still a chance. If I can get to that shore, there's still." Hope again. So we swim, and we swim. I remember uh, my first experience with Malta, we'll call it, it was Daytona Beach. My first trip to the ocean was I was just turned 18. Me and three friends went to Daytona Beach, because uh, that was the cool thing to do. When now that I'm more experienced and have a more seasoned palate for good beaches, I go to the Gulf side, because the water is so much better. But I didn't know back then. I thought the ocean was the ocean. And I thought swimming was swimming. And we're playing catch in the ocean in Daytona Beach. If you've ever been there, it's kind of dark. It looks like the Ozarks. It's, it's, it's not like real pretty. It's rough water. Oh, guess what? It's raining again. It's just my luck. It's raining again in the ocean. And we're playing catch with the thing and a tennis ball. And, and way over there, there's a, there's a pier. I am, I am dead serious. It's like 100 yards away, like a football field. Like off in the distance, there's a pier. So we're playing catch, and it's cool. Let's get, get a little deeper. Watch out for the jellyfish. 
bling, throw it to my buddy Josh for playing catch. Oh, it's getting. I'm okay, you know. I got, you know, I'm trying to be cool. There's, there's probably girls on the beach. I was trying to impress and look cool, even though I was really getting uncomfortable. I was, I'm fine, guys. As I'm choking on water, nobody's gonna make me look bad as I'm drowning. Well, I don't know where I hear a whistle. A little David Hasselhoff action. Like what? What unintelligent person? That's what. That's what went through my head. Got out of bounds. And he's getting the whistle blown at him. I looked up and the pier was right there. Right there. The one that was a football field was right there. And there was people looking down and I go, who are they looking at? Hey, I'm the only one floating right here. They were looking at me. He was blowing the whistle at me because I had drifted so far that he thought I was gonna die and drown. And I thought, I'll swim out. This guy's, I know how to swim. I had a pool growing up. Why do you know that oceans have current? And I didn't know how salty crashing ocean water was over your head while you're trying to swim against a current, and so I'm starting to swim. Hey, the beach is not getting any closer. What, what's going on? It's my first time in the water. Starting to swim a little more. I'm getting, a, I'm getting a stair stepper action thing going. I'm starting to feel it right here in my chest, a little burning action. I'm going, this is getting a little uncomfortable. I'm still not moving. Uh, the, psh, the wave right on my head. I see the shore, I see my Malta, but I'm not moving. And I, in my mind, had enough faith, I knew that I was in trouble. And I wasn't going to wait for Mr. Mr. Lifeguard dude with the orange thing. In my mind, because I couldn't verbalize prayer, I was choking in water. I said, Lord, please help me swim out of this. Help me, Lord. And he did. My body went right on top of the water. I swam right out to the beach. Just like that. Now, in looking back, I go, oh, I see, I put my body on top of the water and swam above that current. In the beginning, I was swimming against the current. My body was too deep in the water. But God lifted me and gave me wisdom in the moment, and otherwise, I was, I was running out of energy to, to move my arms and legs. I couldn't, couldn't drown. But I finally swam to shore, thank God. And I was just exhausted, though, thinking, now what? You know, we swim to shore, we get there, and then we go, well, now what? We have nothing. We don't even have blankets. The people are putting blankets on you, trying to give you a fire. And then a snake jumps out and latches on you too. I mean, it just never stops. How am I going to rebuild my life from here? It's not what I planned. I never thought I'd be on Malta. I was supposed to be on St. John. I'm starting over. It's a good thing I got that cloud back up going. Because when I was floating on the water, all my pictures of my kids were gone. But I had that cloud backup going before I left. Little digital insurance plug. But now I'm starting over. I don't have a computer to download my pictures. I don't have social media. I don't have people that know my language. I have nothing. What will I do? My course has obviously shifted, and yeah, I found Malta, but where do I go from here? How do I figure it out? I almost drowned, and now I got a snake on my arm. You didn't die yet, Paul. That is weird, I didn't die. The winds of life can't lose me when Christ is my vessel. My situation determined my steps, and now I'm 
here. The situation doesn't always go as planned, so now I'm here. I planned to be there, but I wanted to get there faster, and the storm came in. It wrecked my ship. I was shipwrecked. Now I'm here. I'm on the other side. I don't know how to get back in balance to the life I knew. I'm stranded on this island, and all I got is tribal people and fire. Well, I survived, but I don't know that God did that. I got out of prison, but life's hard. I think I want to go back to prison. You hear, you hear, you hear this happens. I've been in prison 50 years. I don't know how to be normal. I don't know how to start over. Just, just send me back to the sea. I'll just go be. That's crazy. We get, we get so lost in our mind that we'd rather go back to sea than figure out a way to find a homeland off the island. Because it's tough. The devil does. People in prison do. They want to go back to prison. It's easier than life. We just sabotage ourselves. The situation started, we give it back to the devil. He knows if he can get you up here, he can get everything. You know, last year, St. John got wiped clean. The, the west that we stayed at flattened. It was a little, it was sad, but it was extra um, spooky. Because we were just swimming on that beach. A little nurse shark at that time over there was creeping on me. It's great. It's gone. They said it's never going to be open again. It's indefinitely closed. The whole island was wiped clean. How do we start over? Well, the Western said, we're not starting over. We can't do this. Start from nothing. Look at what we had. We had all those timeshares up there. We had the beach. We had the free drinks. We had the cool towel. We had all that stuff. And now I'm on this island and got nothing. We're not starting over. Just send us back out with the debris. But Paul knew God was still with him. He knew God was his God. You see, even when you're shipwrecked and you don't see the island, God still has you on a course. Just because you don't know the course doesn't mean you're not on one. And just because his coordinates take you a path that maybe are not with the coordinates you plotted doesn't mean there's no path. God was Paul's vessel all along. All along. And so no matter how rough the winds got, the winds couldn't lose Paul because Christ was Paul's vessel. God will lead me back from Malta. He will correct my course. Even when I can't see where I'm going, God knows the path and guides me through faith. He is an everlasting rock that is imputed to us by grace. And sometimes, to be honest, God has to take us off our course and lose us at sea a bit to get us on His course because they're not always the same. I always go back to the garden. You sure God didn't say you couldn't eat that apple? They look really close, what the devil and what God told Eve. But they're 180 different. And that little bit of difference 
could be the difference between the course you think you're headed that God has for you and the course he actually is trying to take you. It could be that little subtle difference that you don't see clearly. You just see water. But God sees the shift in importance and he's got he's to get you somehow because he loves you that much. He's our GPS. He's our GPS and even when the world says there's no signal out here on the Virgin Islands and you might have to join the British network if you want to play on Facebook. He says, there's no connection lost with me, guys. It don't matter if the world says there's no connection because I am your GPS and I have a connection that never fails because I said I would never disconnect my love for you. I would never forsake you ever, no matter what. The world may try to kill me, but God is still protecting me. Snakes can attack me, but when Christ is my vessel, the snakes can't hurt me. They just fall to the ground, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. That's Taylor Swift. Shake, shake, shake it. Right? No? Taylor Swift? Okay. Watch your, I'll listen to that stuff. I'm Joy FM. Your vessel's only as good as its hull, right? We're in St. Louis. We all go to the lake here and there. That's our ocean. It's okay. It's not the ocean, but it's the best we got. And in the lake, if you don't have a good haul in your boat, what's going to happen? You're going to be like me in a pontoon trying to swim with sharks, and I've got my little John Boat pontoon out on the main channel, and guess what? I can't steer nothing. I'm going all over the place because I don't have a haul in my vessel. It's flat. You get the big cruisers go by with the deep haul. Cuts right through the water. No winds can shift it. No winds can lose it because the hull is there. This one time, I went to my, my brother has a condo down there. It's great. And we said, yeah, we'll, we'll go back and forth and we'll, we'll hang out. And I was going to take my tri-tune. It's not a pontoon. It's got three tunes on it. It matters. And we're going over to his place. And it's a little windy. So I thought, I know what makes sense. Let's put the canopy up also on the tri-tune. So now it won't be windy and I won't be able to keep my position. But maybe I'll actually take flight because those boats are really light. And if you put the canopy up on a pontoon, which has no haul, it has no ability to cut the water, you might just become parachuting out of nowhere. And we get over to my brother's complex and I'm going to park it. And it's just a little boat. And I'm going to park it in this big old... 40-foot slip, it's a 24-foot boat, it's like double as wide as my boat, and the wind grabs my canopy because, again, there's no haul, and it just starts throwing me into the anchor of the dock that has all the sharp metal on a brand new pontoon, and I see it's approaching. We're going to shipwreck, and I actually had my mom and dad and, and some other people, and no one seemed to notice this except the boat owner me. Why? Because I'm paranoid it's a brand new boat, and I'm headed right toward the corner of this metal, and I knew I was going to shipwreck because my vessel just wasn't strong. The, the, the captain's seat and I ran and I just like put my foot to spare the boat and I almost twisted my knee off but I spared the boat's little you know aluminum trim but if I had a vessel that had a good haul I wouldn't have to worry about that see when Christ is your vessel you don't have to worry about that you got you got a you got a haul in the water you've got a plow in the water that's gonna cut any type of rough water any type of situation it's gonna cut through it we need his spirit we need the spirit of God in us to cut through the water the Christ is our vessel we need him to be in us we ride in his vessel and we are his vessel it's, it's, it's a, it's a two-way street 
need his spirit on to become one. The devil can't blow me permanently away no matter what. When the vessel is the alpha and the omega. Maybe some of you have been trying to handle your waters in the jumbo with a little trolley motor. Maybe you need to swap shifts. I dare you to say swap shifts three times as fast as you can. It's not that easy. Something else might come out. You need to swap shifts, swap shifts, swap shifts. We can quit trying to plot our life's coordinates. When we let Christ be the vessel, he'll do it for you anyway. It's easier. Let him drive. If you guys can stand to our feet, we're gonna close. It's funny, it's funny how illustrations always flow in and out while you're preparing messages. This particular message, I had an issue this week with some, some of the content I prepared. I had to change some stuff. And I'm a planner, and I didn't like making last-minute changes and totally shifting the message. So mentally, I was getting a little lost in see. And I was just looking for scripture to, to kind of fill it in. And I was like, I can't just plug and play another scripture in the same message and do that to the people. This has got to be real. And it was like Thursday, and I'm going, I don't, I don't know what it should be, God. And then the, the story of Paul on the boat off the coast of Ephesus just popped in my head. I said, okay, that's it. That's it. That's how you got today's message. It was totally about something else. See, God changed the path last minute, and I don't like changing. I don't like changing my path. I'm a planner, and if you change last minute, it makes me, I get anxiety because I'm a planner, and I don't like things to change. And I don't, I don't like to get different things at restaurants. I like to keep the same thing. I get the same meal every time because I don't like change. I'm a planner. But God said, I got to shake you up sometimes. I got to get you off your course because maybe you're not always on my course like you think. If we could bow our heads, Lord, we come to you in faith, knowing our coordinates may be off. And that's okay. We don't want to drive, God. We want you to drive for us. We don't want to be a little canoe in the ocean and get swallowed by a wheel. We want a vessel that can withstand the winds and cut through any situation, even when it gets to shore. And we know we don't have to worry about rebuilding. Just like Paul, we knew, he knew that you had way more because you had a purpose for him that was going to continue on and to be such a great leader in the New Testament. And we know you have a purpose for us to say our, our vision is to discover God's perfect plan just for you. And you, we know the devil will try to make us think we're shipwrecked and that there's no point to even try. And if you find sure, what's the point? Because you lost everything. And he, he says, devil is a fool. God says, devil is a fool. I have a plan for you. I have the chords for you. Keep praising me in the storm, and I will take you there, just like Paul. Lord, we pray for focus in the storm, focus in the situation. While it's happening, help us remember who is driving. We say all these things and give thanks and praise in your name. In Jesus' name, if everybody can say, Amen.